Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Charlie's Angle. I am your host, Charlie Crable, and with me as always is my co-host, producer, and initial show sponsor, Jeff Pitcher. Hello. So a couple things to take care of. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who's been tuning in and listening, and I've been appreciating some of the feedback I've been getting through, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger from some of, uh, you know, the people who know me personally. But if uh, you guys are out there and you're listening and you want to send us some feedback, charliesangle1776 at gmail.com is the best way to to get at us you can also like our facebook page and you know when you see the podcast up there and if you really like it we wouldn't we would appreciate if you guys would uh you know give us a couple shares or something like that try to help uh you know get build this audience a little bit we're certainly having a lot of fun doing it and we hope that you guys are having a lot of fun listening to it we try to be informative we try to be funny we try to do all of these things some better than others some weeks better than others but you know what we're having fun when we're doing it. So anyways, um, we're going to uh, deviate from some current events here um, a little bit like we like to. And I like building off of like what we did last week when Jeff had his compromise about what to do with gun laws in the country. And so one of the things that we had talked about doing is taking a look at the Electoral College, because as you all know, um, you know, that was a major, major, major source of uh, contention in the 2016 election with Hillary Clinton. Being... All the way back to um, all the way back to probably the second Bush election. I... It's been more prevalent in the eye. But I mean, this actually goes back from way, way into the 1820s where they, there's been six races that have actually where the popular vote winner did not get enough electoral votes. And then you'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But, you know, and I always thought it was kind of interesting because, you know, I mean, by a popular vote margin, Hillary Clinton, I mean, she trounced. Oh, Trump. yeah. Yeah. If, it by, was, if, if, if that was the decision, it would have actually been a landslide. It would because she beat him by almost three million votes. But then what comes up later is that, yes, but if you erase her four and a half million, you know, margin of victory in California, she actually loses the you take California out of the equation, which you can't. But if you did, Trump wins the rest of the well, they want to be vote. they want to be their own country anyway. Well, Let them. And that's perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, and listen, I understand Californians are Americans, too. So, yes, it absolutely should count. The thing is, is that it's becoming a lot more, you know, right. The problem that we're having right now, though, is that there's a lot of people who live in states that you know, don't necessarily feel like their vote counts. I mean, anybody who lives in New York State, if you are not a Democrat for a national or statewide election, uh, you, you might as well just write in whoever you want. You're not going to it's not going to matter unless you're voting to support a third party to get them the high enough percentage for federal funding or voting for a third party because you absolutely get behind them 100 percent. And that's I we encourage that, actually. But I also know as a, a as a New Yorker you know, who doesn't vote Democrat much, hardly ever votes Republican. It doesn't matter if I decide to go Republican straight ticket or anything like that. I mean, it would, you know, my vote wouldn't matter at the end of the day because of the way the system is set up Yeah, that, you know, you just have to, you know, so it's because it's this winner take all type of thing. Um, I get the, uh, I, I get the debate and I think it's actually worth having another debate because I have no doubt that, this 2020 election is going to be delegitimized right out, you know, right as soon as the conventions get over. And it doesn't oh, look, sure. it's, it's just it's just going to be, you know, everybody's going to be calling for voter fraud here, voter fraud there. And then what well, happens? I'm already seeing articles like this popping up, like some a cat got a reg, got a voter registration somewhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. OK, yes. 
Uh, you know, I mean, we could actually <laughs> talk about methods of voting on another show for sure, because I would really like to know why we still have to use some of these outdated, outdated pieces of equipment for voting that we should have, have everything like as a 21st century, you know, electronic. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with mail-in voting. But anyways, you know, so that we could really get into that. But I, I can guarantee you that there's going to be that debate over what happens if Trump wins the Electoral College again but loses the popular vote. Now, full disclosure – I don't actually think that popular vote's going to even be a problem this time. Uh, it, it, he might lose it, but it's going to be by a, a, a pretty small margin. It's going to be a very and, and honestly, I think you know him stepping into it. You know, Trump stepping into it a little bit with his uh, you know coronavirus response and stuff like that, and under playing it and downplaying it. He hasn't shown really good. You know, that might actually hurt him. You know, going in, but I I think he's going to get reelected, um, and I don't think that it's going to be. A, I don't think the popular vote's going to matter this time around. But anyways, but if case it does, you know, I'm also very willing though to take a look at the system that we've got in place, why it's there, and is there ways that we can make it better? We sort of, you know, kitted around about we should do a series of Charlie, you know, fixes. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie fixes, you know. <laughs> Whatever insert and, Je- and Jeff breaks and his Jeff microphone. breaks the microphone. <laughs> but anyways, so this is what I wanted to do is going to be Charlie fixes the electoral college. So we're going to see how this works. So anyways, I wanted to get into a little bit of background there. Just so, you know, it's always good to have the historical perspective. So um, the electoral college, as we know, is what actually determines the outcome of presidential elections. It's not the popular vote; it's the electoral college. Okay, and this is actually prescribed in Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution. States have the power to designate their own electors. So the way that it works out now is that 48 states plus District of Columbia, territories don't carry any weight in Electoral College. That's fine. But, you know, 48 states plus D.C. say whoever wins the popular vote gets 100 percent of the electoral votes. And the only two differences are in Maine and Nebraska, Two of the of the electoral votes from each state are determined by a statewide thing, but they they can distribute it with you know you we're looking right. at twenty sixteen right now. Yeah, Maine is almost always purple. Yeah, it's yeah. very purple. But even Nebraska, which is a heavily red state, Hillary still got a congressional district in Nebraska, yeah, yeah. so she gets one of those electoral votes. Um, so that's how that that's how it gets distributed. Um, the thing is, is the way set up this election system because it actually mirrors. What Congress looks like is that you have two houses. You have a 435-member House of Representatives, which they are all drawn up, and and the districts are drawn up in equal proportion. We could talk about gerrymandering and all that other stuff, you know, later date, but, like, ideally, you know, it's it's basically that's how they're uh, – you know, drawn up so that so it's an equal amount of person a person's representation in the House of Representatives. But now you also have an upper house, which is the Senate, which gives two gives two senators to each state. And the reason is is because the Senate is intended to vote senators are supposed to vote on the best interest of their state not necessarily the best interests of their district. So they have to take everything. In. So it's an upper house, lower house, and that's why we get 535 electoral votes. Sure. You know, so that, and that's why also two each for Nebraska and Maine go to the overall winner because that's how the senators would would do it. So 
anyway, so we've got that just the nuts and bolts of this down here. So now I've, I've looked it up, and there's some of the there's definitely some pros, and there's some definitely cons. And you know, if there's anything that pops up and you're observing, you know, Jeff, please jump in. I don't, I'd love to hear it, but um, anyways, so it, it, there's a, one of the big pros of this is that it gives an equal vote voice to each state. It equalizes the playing field for the state. So basically you don't have California choosing the winner for the rest of the country, right? you know, and, and, and look at some states will still give you more electoral. I mean, Wyoming, Montana, the two Dakotas, I mean, each of them only have one congressional district. So it, it you know the not you know so it's going to be winner take all there anyway but you know then you look at a place like Nevada where you know Hillary wins two of the four there and you know or in uh you know you take New York I mean I think Trump won five or six of our 27 districts you know and but it's still winner take all for all that and yeah nobody... if, if you take New York City you pretty much have it all. I don't think I don't think you can yeah if you have New York City you have all of it Pretty right. much, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you, you, the rest of the state could go red. It could. I mean, and if you look at even the last stuff, even though, like, I mean, you you think those were traditionally, you know, dark, dark blue. We're looking at a map of the uh, 2016 election results. Oh, yeah, that, um, I don't know, uh, is that Genesee County, whatever that is by... Um... By Lake uh, Lake Ontario, yeah, there that's, is that's pretty Rochester. light blue, yeah, and that's 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 Rochester, that's Monroe, Monroe County, and yeah, that area, Onondaga, Syracuse, you know, yeah. uh, Watertown going up. Well, Watertown's further north, Jefferson, but Oswego. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you've got you know, so so I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, I know why it was put into place in the last time. It also took forever for. I mean, there were elections that would take a month to complete, you know. So and but the thing is is that we have electoral votes because the constitution says that each state determines how the electors are chosen. We don't vote directly for a presidential candidate. We actually are voting for electors. Yes. That is, so there there's a big difference that, that that's there. But anyways, it it levels the playing field for each state so you don't have one particular state or region dictating for the rest of the country because the other thing that it does is it protects the identity of each state and recognize that the diversity, you know, I'm not going into anything specific here, but I'm just saying that the overall values of somebody living in upstate New York aren't necessarily going to be the same as those on the Mexican border with Arizona who right. are not going to agree with everybody in North Dakota. Well, you can take that to the extremes and look yeah. at the look at the deepest red state we have here that's fully red is probably Colorado or one of the Dakotas. You yeah. don't you don't want this is this is the the simplest reasoning for the electoral college. You don't want California deciding any laws for Colorado. Exactly. Yeah. And which is the which is the whole argument behind the US Senate anyway is that it protects or because then you can wind up having congressional people just kind of gang up for a particular region and only, you know, so I mean that's why the Senate's there to protect again we're talking ideally and on paper here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah We're yeah. not talking about... For, forget about corruption and all these other things oh, that are problems. But most importantly, and I think that if this is finally recognized, okay, it also prevents, we've, we've already alluded to it, mob rule. Yeah. You know, contrary to popular... We have a democratic process of electing presidents, but we are... And our legislatures and stuff like that, but we're representative republic. We, 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 this is not mob rule. And actually the reason why we are a representative republic is because it's designed to protect the individual from mob rule. So if I'm living in a neighborhood and 10 people decide they want the houses to look a certain way, they can't force me to do that because I'm an individual and I'm protected by that by 
Unless you're in a, a homeowners association. Right. Yeah. Which is... Uh, go back a couple of episodes yeah. if you want to listen to us talk about that a yeah. little bit. Woof. And gun ownership. And gun ownership. <laughs> so now, now, I recognize also that there are some very, very legitimate cons to this argument here. And the big one is, is that obviously the candidates are really only focused on the swing states. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, we're never going to get Joe Biden or Donald Trump campaigning in New York state. It's a foregone conclusion no. that Biden's going to win the state yeah. neither. And, and by a, by enough of a margin that there's really no point for Trump to, but at the same time, why would Joe Biden go to say Oklahoma where they have multiple congressional districts and it is completely red. Yeah. One of them, so, two of them are pink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's about as red, you, you know, I mean, and you look at it, same thing was Arkansas. I mean, the, the Dakota, I mean, so, so I get that where it's sort of like we only see these presidents now or these ca- or these candidates campaigning basically between Florida and Ohio and the Rust Belt now because everything else is, you know, pretty much a foregone conclusion. So it just I, I think it actually narrows the actual campaign message that the each that these candidates are trying to convey because you're not going to campaign for stuff in Florida the way that you're going to give that same speech in another state like Arizona. You want to tailor. So they're only tailoring their message to the people in those states because those are the people that they have to reach. Mm -hmm. So I get that. That's, that's, you know, I also think that the electoral college, it marginalizes voters who are, who are not a member of the opposing party that controls oh, yeah. the state absolutely you know i mean i'm an independent li- libertarian you know so i mean it doesn't matter either way but if you are a republican in new york state it doesn't matter how you know it just doesn't it, it's not going to matter yeah it is unfair both ways it is and you know the thing is is that if i'm a democrat living in oklahoma my vote's not going to matter there anyway because you know that so i i do think that it marginalizes voters because how many times did we heard Living around here, why bother vote? My vote doesn't count anyway. Oh, yeah. This is a point I was going to yeah. bring up later, but it makes sense now. Sure. Uh, if if the electoral college was, let's say, uh, abandoned and we just went to a straight democracy where it's one man, one vote, and that's it, mm-hmm. uh, voter turnout would probably increase. It would, um, I think. Uh, I, I was looking for a solid number, but it looks like about half of Americans don't vote. Yeah, Maybe it's like forty something percent. It's of it. about. It was. I think it was sixty percent in the two thousand sixteen election oh turnout, God. which was okay. You know, but no. But for the most part, we <laughs> it, see it if, all the time. If we're around half, like okay, yeah. that especially if we get rid of the electoral college entirely, if we just go strictly by the popular vote, mm-hmm. that the, that amount of people could completely change it, especially in a place like New York where. Republicans won't vote because the vote doesn't matter, or in a place like Colorado, maybe, where Democrats won't vote. Though in Denver, I'm sure it's a bastion of liberal society. Sure it is. But it's still a pretty red state. It, it is. And so the and, and the thing is, is that like I, I the, all the congressional districts are actually drawn up based on equal populations. So, right. I mean, I get that part of it. But yeah, yeah which is what the census is so important. That's why yeah. it's because it, it, it redraws the line. They're I mean, not coming to take your guns. They're just looking to see how many people live in your house. It, it is. And that's all it really is. But um, so anyways, so I mean, so we do we're, we're looking at it that it, I, I recognize that it does marginalize voters. And the other thing is, too, is that it protects the two party system. And like almost makes it impossible to break Mm -hmm. because you're never going to get any electors that are going to be. I mean, libertarians, we're playing the long game. 
Okay, right now. This reason why it's going to be the five percent is because we're going to change the. <laughs> we're we're it, once that once the libertarians get five percent, it's game over for the two party duopoly. I um, I did my taxes the other day, right? Which, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I mean, it's cool because I lost enough money and I got rewarded for it. Uh, this year, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But they, they extended the deadline to July fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I waited the swing to see if I could get a little bit of more money to pay my taxes. Um, at the end of the uh, the preparation, I just used TurboTax because I'm self-employed. I got to the end of it, and they're like, "Would you like to donate to the to the federal election fund?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> not until not until a, a candidate that I would support would be involved. If that election fund would go at all towards a third party candidate." I don't care which third party candidate that would be. I would be like, okay. Even if, even if, um, let's say, uh, the Socialist Party ends up getting five uh, percent of the popular vote, I, good. Yeah. Give us a third option here. Well, and and that, and that's the whole thing is that we really only need. Oh, that we would only take, need one. That would take votes away from the Democrats, though. That would. And then that would cement whatever Republican is running. They would pretty much win unless the Libertarians also got one. Got well, then that's I think what we would. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I I get it. It's like, and you know, but this really just makes it very, very, very hard to to even compete with that because, you you, you know, they. I mean, minor parties just need five percent just to get a piece of the pie yep. and guaranteed ballot access. You know, in all fifty states. So I mean, so just this way, the way it's set up here. Is just basically, I mean, we never see anything really purple. It's either shades of pink and red or blue or light blue. I mean, there's no gold interspersed there. There's no, you know, I mean, it just, it, it's one or the other. So I recognize that there are problems, you, you know, with that. And we're, we'll talk about the way that I can solve it. But I keep on going. I, I, like to, I like to give a lot of background on this so that people will know where we're coming well, from it's, here. Yeah. Uh, man, the, it's absurdly complicated, just like tax code. It is. Like, it shouldn't be, but it absolutely is. I, I can't even. I don't even know how how uh, long the uh, how long the book is on this. It's got to be oh, huge. It's got to be. It's absolutely huge. So uh, let's look at. So we now we talked about the pros and the cons, and I wanted to just mention the elections where this has happened in the past, and you know basically. So we have, you know, in eighteen twenty four. Uh, Andrew Jackson beat John Quincy Adams by 10 percentage points, but he's 32 electoral votes shy of what you need to win. By the way, that's the other thing about the Electoral College that we should have mentioned. You need 270 yep. to win. So, anyways, And if you don't, uh, they recount, and if they don't, then it goes to Congress. Goes to the House of Representatives. Yeah. That's the way. And this is what happened here. Yeah. Is it, uh, Adams Jefferson. I just watched Hamilton, so yeah, I, there you I go. watched it happen. Yeah. So Jackson beats Qu- Quincy Adams by 10 points, but then there was backroom dealing that went in because there was a fourth presidential candidate that, that, that year, Henry Clay, who happened to be the Speaker of the House. And so through the never let them see how you make laws or sausages process, they gave all of the electoral v- votes to John Quincy Adams. And surprise, surprise, Henry Clay gets appointed Secretary of State. So, okay, that you know, playing politics, playing politics. And by the way, this is not it just proves to you that this is not a new game that people play. This has been going on for a very, very almost oh, yeah. 100 years. Well, you look at the um, uh, I'm going to reference Hamilton again. Go for it. Um, when um, when the decision was made to move the capital from New York City to Washington, D.C., that was a backroom dealing. It was done yeah. over dinner somewhere and no one was in the room when it happened is the song. Yeah. I, well, no, and I mean, so yeah, it definitely goes. It's back been going to, on since uh, what 1805? Is that when that was? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, 1805. So you're looking at 
anyway, so so this right here, to be honest with you, is probably the most blatant abuse of the system that you could you could really find. Because here in here in this situation that you have now, look at if you don't get if you don't get the necessary electoral votes, I get it. There's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing now, but it was like you went with a guy who clearly lost the election, like by a bigger margin than Hillary beats Trump bar. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he doesn't get it. So that's just like, you know, he, he, he basically got boned two ways because one is his, you know, the popular votes obviously didn't matter in this case. And like he had, he had like 15 more electoral votes than John Quincy Adams. And they all, the the what they needed all went to push him over the top. I have I have a quick proposition. Yep. So let's say um, in this upcoming election, Donald Trump wins the electoral votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden wins the popular vote, but he but he only does so by let's say a hundred thousand votes. So like or um um yeah eh, no let's say the margin is huge. That's, okay. what, that's what I meant. Let, okay, let's huge. say Biden wins by millions, like five million votes. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, like an obvious imbalance to the way the system is. Mm-hmm. What if the, the easiest way to fix this would be, hey, that happens, cool, we're going to send it to the House of Representatives, like it's a tie. If there's a certain, maybe 5,000 th- or 5 million to the threshold. I, I would, I'd really want to see what the threshold, though, would be the, for it. It'd have because... to be, a, there, yeah, if the threshold was high enough well, or and, correct. Well, yeah. and actually, I would want that. I, yeah, if the threshold was way high enough, it, you, it would have to be. Different yeah. thresholds for each state, probably, because it would be based on population. It would be based on population. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because, I mean, Hillary, like, winning California by 4.5 million votes. Big deal. It. Well, because it actually turns out that if you remove California, Trump wins the popular vote. So that's what I mean. It's that disparity. Yeah. You know, because I mean, okay, yeah, she won the state by that much, but. Yeah. So if you have a different threshold for each state, or even if it's by each district, however, however you want the threshold to be, if um, if that is broken, would that be a decent way of doing it? I think that that would be a good compromise. I mean, just saying, okay, look at no matter how you redo this or re, you're not going to win this. There's no clear path. There's zero path to victory for you. Yeah. But you, you know, could get those, you know, electoral votes. So that's why I'm like, okay, there's got to be a threshold right. here. And the, I mean, the Congress exists to be balanced. Yes. They exist to balance out the well. The House balances out the Senate, and. Both of them balance out the judicial system and the elect- yeah, and the executive system. So it evens. So if we just use them in that capacity, it, it I, I think it seems like it would probably, based on trends, it would tip to the other party. Yeah, especially if it's a second term election. Oh, I think because so. by now there are more Democrats in in Congress. Yeah, there than are there were now. before. So, so now a lot of these Democratic congressmen are now going to be facing the, well, I have to cast my electoral vote for the Republican because my state won it. Right. And I mean, if you look, you know, again, I mean, obviously, you know, California and New York, you can't even see New York because of all the congressional districts, you know, huddled around the city. There's a ton of them. But, you know, so, but it's all blue. Yeah, and it's all blue. But, you know, you look at Virginia. Actually, Virginia has been really the most one of the most interesting things to watch because three straight years they've gone blue. And it, it's because of the explosion in northern Virginia, which is the D.C. suburbs, and Virginia Beach. It's way cheaper to live in Arlington than it is in D.C. Absolutely, it's and considerably so. Very much so. So that I mean, so so I mean that's a, that's an interesting where well geographically you look at a map and you say 
oh man, how is Virginia still going blue? Well, look at the congressional districts. That's where the people are. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why they're small congressional districts as opposed to the big ones. So anyways, that's, and the Democrat is actually winning by higher margins in those districts than the other ones. So anyway, so that, that's been an interesting state to watch, but does that mean people in, you know, Charlottesville and all those places that are red shouldn't get their vote counted? So I, I, I mean, it, it, it gets real, you can really get into the weeds on this stuff. Um, we're going to move on to 1876 was um, there were 20 electoral votes in dispute when Samuel Tilden beat Rutherford B. Hayes. And that was a very small margin, about 250,000 votes. And by 1876, we were pretty much a coast to coast country at yeah. that point. Not nearly as many people, but we were growing. Um, so and the thing was, is that there was what happened was, is that there were. 20 electoral votes in dispute. Like there was enough sure for Hayes, enough sure for Tilden, but there was 20 that would have tipped the balance. And then there were, again, another congressional deal for Hayes to keep the presidency or to win the presidency, but he pledged to only serve one term, which is what he did. And it also ended reconstruction in the South. So there was some backroom dealing going on there, but at the same time, and it was sort of like, okay, where can we move the country forward here? It's like, right. Tilden, there's no path to victory for you. There is with these in dispute because Hayes was leading in those states. But anyways, and it also brought the end to a lot of other things that were dividing the country at that point. So it, yeah, it was a tough time. I, was, I almost have to forgive anything that really happens between like 1860 and 1880 in this country, just because we ripped each other apart and then we're trying to put a, put ourselves back together again. Yeah. So I, you know, in any other year or any other time frame, I probably would have said, oh, look at those sneaky, dirty politics. But I really do think after researching it, yeah, there were dirty politics at play. But I think overall, it was like we just can't afford to be divided on something like this again. So anyways, so now we move into 1888. Um, Grover Cleveland, who's the incumbent president at that time, he beat Benjamin Harrison by 90,000 votes, <laughs> but lost the Electoral College. And that one was purely on states won by XXX. Right. So, and then, of course, I mean, I will remember the 2000 election forever because... I demand a recount. I demand a recount. But that one, to me, was absolutely crazy because we we didn't know who won until like december yeah like before just before the house had to meet and cast the electoral votes and you know this one we all know gore wins it by five hundred thousand votes nationwide but again his margin of victory in some blue states gave him that because bush wins but the, and i will concede that this is a problem bush only won florida by 500 well, that's, that's, votes or that, that's where the biggest recount was that, well yeah it, yeah and, well, and, well and it was so <laughs> it's razor. always florida too it is yeah. <laughs> i mean it's like florida man florida voting it's always florida the, the, he's the guy that counts he's the guy that counts the votes he gets to six yeah. he loses count and starts yeah, over again florida yeah. man but but it's but it was a but the thing was is that it was such a razor thin victory there but again he captures all 29 of those electoral votes it puts him ahead we're going to get into we I don't want to get into the whole weeds of the thing about the Supreme Court getting involved and blah, 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 because you know what? It pretty much is considered that Al Gore is probably lucky they didn't go with his recount models that he demanded because he would have lost that election by even more. So so that and then, of course, we have his numbers are always off. Yeah, well, yeah. the world was supposed to be gone by now, right? Easily gone yeah. by now. But that's just 
Al Gore. Um, and then, of course, we've got the last time. You know, she wins by nearly three million nationwide. Uh, what gets her the main part of her, like I said, 4.3 million margin in California. But, of course, Trump then picks up those Rust Belt states that, you know, I mean, he flipped, uh, what, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. I, I mean, th those three states were solidly Democratic for the oh, longest yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden he flipped those. Um, you know, you know and, and so that's where, I mean, you were seeing like, well, that's why we should have the popular vote because it's like, who cares what anybody in the Rust Belt says, but that's what they were looking at. That was the big deciding factor in 2016. But that was the big deciding factor. So anyways, so that's my long about way of saying I've been thinking about how we could make this work because I want to preserve the integrity of the system. You know, I like the idea, you know, it's prescribed by the Constitution that, you know, I mean, it's built in there for a reason. And you know what? The thing is, is that even to amend the Constitution, it's determined by the 75 percent of the states have to pass it. So, yes, Wyoming, if they pass it, it carries just as much weight for an amendment as if California, you know, did it because it's just yeah, you got to get 37 states to agree. So, But you're not um, you're not going to imply that uh, every state should be one vote. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Because uh, Trump wins based on. But no, not based, that's not what I'm getting. What I'm actually doing, we're, we're, we're looking at this congressional map and, you know, and what I'm looking at. And so basically what my proposal is this, is that I believe that each state, I want to build it off the main model in Nebraska model is each state, their two senators cast their electoral votes for the overall state popular vote winner. However, the electoral votes are just distributed purely on which congressional district was won by the candidate. Okay. And electoral votes are then still counted based on the population. Uh, oh, no, because they're all the same populations. But the, the districts are all the same populations. Yeah. However, here's the thing. Everybody says, well, it makes Wyoming's vote count more than anybody in California. Not really, because here's the thing. Trump is only going to get that one electoral vote regardless, okay? But what I'm looking at is, you know, what does it happen, again, like in Arizona, where Hillary Clinton wins three, four of the congressional districts there but loses the state. Uh, you know, there's three congressional districts in New Mexico right next door. Hillary wins two of those districts, but she wins the whole state, you know, that's an electoral vote that Trump could have picked up. Right. So I'm, I'm going. And, and then, of course, if you look at the state that's really the most interesting is Texas. You know, Trump won the state by a pretty good margin, but Hillary won in a lot of congressional districts. Oh, yes, there. She, she won in a ton of them. So should all. F and then at the same token, I mean, Trump, well, not this time in California, but typically there's parts of California that are a little bit more red, like Orange County, you know, that, that went blue or whatever. But, you know, I mean, why why shouldn't if there's like, what, six or seven electoral districts in California or congressional districts that he wins? Why doesn't he pick up those? I mean, I'm thinking we live in the 20th congressional district, which went which is more pink. Um, purple, really. But it, it went for Trump. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If I'm a Republican voter living in this congressional district, well, of course, of, of Hillary course. Clinton, the, the, of course the Democrat is going to win. So why would I bother voting for the Republican if it's going to be nothing to show for it? So the Electoral College shouldn't be based on the states. It should only be based on congressional districts. Congressional districts. However, what 
adds to that, though, and it pre preserves the integrity of the Senate, is that, like, what, there's 29 electoral votes, I think, total in New York, 27 congressional districts, two then for the senators. Yep. So let's just say here, out of the 27, it's a 20 to 7 advantage, the Democrat. So the Democrat could still pick up 22 of those electoral votes. Because but places like, um, like, our, like our district and um, like the stuff that, like uh, Broome County and yeah, all the, the southern stuff, tier, the southern tier, those those Republican votes would still count toward the toward the electoral vote. It would because it wouldn't turn the whole state. It wouldn't turn the whole state. Yeah. And there's here's the thing is that 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 way, I think if you live in, you know, because here's the thing it's like, well, this is where the people are. OK, but congressional districts are proportioned based on even populations. It doesn't matter that the people are in New York City. Yeah. Because it's New York City. Oh, New York um, City has more congressional districts, though, because there's more people. Exactly. So the representation is still there. So nobody's saying that, OK, well, let's see how we can turn it to flip a, per, a certain state, a, you know, red or blue or whatever. You're, I mean, some of them you're just not going to flip. You know, I mean, if Trump wins, and, I mean, especially those far west states in the Rockies there and everything like that. I mean, they've got they've got more senators than they do. Congressman, <laughs> I just now realized I was looking right at Wyoming when I said Colorado. <laughs> oh, I, my bad, guys. <laughs> oh well, but but you know Alaska too. I mean, it's like you know. Yeah. So so now I also agree though that I recognize that Wyoming actually has a smaller population than one congressional district in New York State. This is the least densely populated state. Is that right? Yeah, that or Alaska. Alaska's yeah. pretty because Alaska, everybody kind of just it's lives. Anchorage. Yeah, it's Anchorage. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I just I, – I, I think, you know, she picks up – I mean, if you look at the – I'm just basing it on the last year's election. I mean, it's like, okay, so you win – you know, you're still going to get 22 of those 29 electoral votes. You know, so you're winning. But then I also think that it makes it more possible for candidates to – campaign in a wider area, you know, where they're, where they're going to have to make multiple appearances in different, so, but, but I don't think that one state gets all the attention now. I think if, if I'm a, you know, or any candidate, if I'm looking, I would look at the states from 2016, and if you had changed this model to being the congressional districts, they could actually sit there and say, you know what, there's a congressional district there we might be able to flip, and if we make an appearance there, maybe it'll carry the 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 message will carry enough to any of the other districts that we might be able to flip because sure. you know what if you look at this 2016 you know congressional district map here there's a lot of districts that the republican or that trump won but not like by a lot yeah especially in new york yeah i and, mean uh, and honestly if you look at a lot of the those blue districts there that's not nearly as dark blue as what is that? Is that um, in down in Florida? That, oh, that's Miami. That's Miami. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not even. It's it's as blue as like it's it's lighter than Vermont blue. Yeah, it is. Because so, I mean, that, and that's the capital district right there that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's lighter than Vermont. So you've got you've got place. I think Schenectady is there. Am yeah, I, is that right? Well, yeah, that's the tw that's. Uh, I'm sorry. That's yeah. That's uh, Paul Tonko's district, and yeah. that's got Amsterdam, Schenectady, Albany, Troy, some of the South Towns in Albany County, but not. A lot of Altamont. Yeah, um, that area there. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was redrawn. In 2010. Right? Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Um, uh, because that's why the 19th is right below it there. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. So like the, if um, so they would still get the votes from that district. Yeah. But I, I think my idea that more people will vote if they know their vote will mean something, that could change all of that. I didn't vote in, I don't remember what was it, um, whatever, with the, when Romney was running. 2012? Yeah, I didn't vote in that one. 
Um, I, I didn't. I, I couldn't do it. I just, bum was, versus bum. Yeah, I didn't like it. So, eh, there you. Uh, so there you have it. I would have voted had I known my vote would have counted. Granted, I think um, I don't. I don't know. Romney would have been okay, I guess. But he did. I think he would have been better than what people, how people said he would do. Well, he's a Mormon, and people don't trust cults. So no, they don't. Yeah. But speaking of that, if you look at, do you see like that one really, really, really light pink district in Utah? That's Salt Lake City. Oh, that makes sense. So, like you know where you could, but I, I mean, I'm just anyway. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. You know, we'll try to post this thing up on our Facebook page so you can see what we're talking about. Um, you know, just so that you guys, yeah, so that you guys could just, you know. But anyway, so that's that's really what my idea was, and I really think that what you wind up having is a. I, I think that these these candidates, like I said, are going to be forced to really try and get to as many places as they can. Um, so I think that um, you know more people in the country will hear directly from these candidates. They're going to be forced to do it. I don't want to hear anything about the. There's not. The reason why that they're able to campaign the way that they do right now, yeah, they'll hit four states in one day, but a lot of time it's a swing through a particular region. I mean, we have the capability now that it's like, okay, I got to go fight. That They could probably schedule their campaign appearances more regionally anyway, so it's like I'm going to do a swing through here, a swing through here. And right, because if, you, if someone, you're going to Vermont, then you can also go to – you can have people from New Hampshire and – probably New York. Yeah, A little bit of New York coming in. Yeah, Massachusetts. Like they're all there. You don't, uh, But I don't know when all their – primaries are and well like and, and i'm only using this as as like about the you know the, for the, the, the general the national yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. general november election you know because i do think that I, I i do think that we really 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 need to preserve the individual identity of each state um it goes for yeah you're not just doing this for republicans no no yeah. no no i'm i mean listen I fully expect that people in California, their view of the world is different. So the way that they think it should be run is going to be different because they deal with things out there that we don't deal with up here. But at the same time, if you're from Los Angeles, please don't tell me how to live life in the Adirondacks because you have absolutely no idea what, you know. So I I like the idea of preserving each the identity of each individual state. Um, so that it's, you know, so that we are actually a more perfect union. This also kind of lets you preserve the regions within each state. I think so. Because like, like, I mean, I'm sure most states minus the, um, like places in the, uh, in the plains, New York has vastly different cultures throughout all of it. Nothing in New York city makes sense up here and vice versa. I wouldn't expect someone in New York city to raise chickens in their backyard, but you can do that up here. Not in my town. Not but like, town, oh, but... am I my village? My town, you can. Your town, you can. Yeah. But that's, I mean, but that's a good point. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, when you go into New York, and listen, I'm not bagging on New York City at all. I love going down there. I hate it. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> want to live down there, and my visits are, you know, like. I would need $2 million a year, private security, um, and I'd need to live on, like, the 15th floor of a building. Yeah. And then you'd be okay with. I would never leave. Never leave. But I, you know, but I'm not knocking it because I mean, I there's a lot of you know, but I mean, it's not for me either. I would never live there. But I mean, I'm from Buffalo, and believe me, the Buffalo, you know, the people. The I'd rather they, go to New York City than Buffalo. A lot of people would. <laughs> Better pizza, anyway. Not wings, though. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, you know, but the thing is, is that even okay? I'm actually making the comparison between the two because those are two very vastly democratic centric areas here. But nobody in Buffalo thinks like they do in New York City, and nobody in 
New York City thinks like they do in Buffalo. So I, I think that it does preserve the identity of each region, you know, within these particular states. And but at the same time, it also I think will also more fairly if the, the result will more fairly represent more accurately represent what the people are looking for in their president. Yeah, it, it, um, it protects against mob rule like the Electoral College currently does, yeah. but it also gives a greater voice to the individual person. Not as much as one man, one vote, but that's why we're getting rid of mob rule. That's And that's what we... And that's I think that that's something... And you know what? I find it funny because... Like the Demo- the Democrats and Republicans, they love to play up the democracy thing. You know, whenever it's going to be something that, or if it goes against them, then they're all about the democracy. Yeah. If it's going to be in their favor, then they're all about a republic. You know, a republic here, and it's like, nah, the, it, the the Constitution was crafted specifically for that. Now, I do think that our election system, though, could be also overhauled for different you know making taking advantage of different technologies and stuff like that the internet yeah the internet (laughs) there's there's you know and i i i do understand the argument against live time you know like results being updated live as like as soon as the votes recorded to sacrifice accuracy for speed sometimes yeah i just i don't want to do that i want to make sure that the votes that are being cast are so i'm not into this like real-time election results or anything like that but you know, I'm just I'm thinking we're going to head into another election year and it's going to just be the same thing as you're, you're going to be dragging ourselves to the polling place in the middle of no, or beginning of November, which up here, it could be February at the beginning of November. It could be August at the beginning of November. You never know, uh, you know, but I mean, and honestly, I mean, until Joe Jorgensen got into the race. I was actually almost considering sitting this one out because for this exact. Charlie, you're part of the problem. Part of the problem is right. Well, voting only encourages them, <laughs> but, but no. But it, anyway, so it's it's like what I mean. If I wasn't excited for a Joe Jorgensen campaign, I really was like, this is just one of the most like ho hum election. I mean, they're using a virus to just basically make that to keep the candidates off the campaign trail. You know, so which, which isn't working well. Whoever's orchestrating this, it's not it's, working well for either of them. It's not working well for yeah. either of them. And uh, California shut right down again, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and uh, New York still hasn't seen a spike. Um, I, I looked at our numbers yesterday. We're pretty much the same place we were last week. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it I think right now. And to Governor Cuomo's credit, he's he hasn't cracked down on us for no reason. Yeah. He's sticking to his word. I disagree with him. But at least he's sticking with it. He's he he is sticking with it. Um, I but, just want to go back to work. <laughs> I know, me too. I'd like to get a job. I just this is a total side note, but I just was, I've, I've been because I've been starting the actual employment stuff up again, and just like I'm just sitting there looking at this job situation out there. I'm like, I'm being criticized for wanting to just go back to work, and how I went from somebody who. People would fight over to hire to being all of a sudden unemployable. I've got my own thoughts on that, which will be for another show when I'm not being quite as whiny about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's frustrating. But Do you just want to start your own newspaper? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, kind of. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, with a dash of no. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I, that. You know, we're looking at it. it, it, There's no way that this election was going to be anything but chaotic. It was just never going to happen. 
And so I'm looking at it now and I'm like, here comes the arguments again for And I know that people are already gearing up their talking points for what happens if Biden wins the popular vote, but loses the electoral. Doesn't vote. matter. It hasn't changed in the Constitution. It hasn't. So what are you, what are you going to do? And I would also <laughs> like to note that it to change the Constitution it was also set up this way, like I mentioned before, that you need 75% of the states, states, not the voters in each, the states. Each, each state, state gets one. One. Yes. One yes. And if you get 75%, that's how you amend the Constitution, which if we want to – I mean, and, and until we do that, we're going to be stuck with what we have. But I'm just trying to improve It's a popular it. vote in each state. It's not by congressional district. It's one man, one vote to change the Constitution. Yeah. But you, but thirty-seven states have to. Basically, you need a, a you need you. If I have a congressional amendment that I want to make, I've got to put that up on a ballot, and the a plurality of voters in each state yep. has to vote in favor of it. It also has to go through Congress first, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. But once it hits the voters, so basically, if I am, I like just picking on Wyoming because nobody lives there. But like, okay, I'm I'm in I am in Wyoming. Apologies and, to the one person we're talking about. Yes. If I if I vote in fa- if Wyoming votes in favor by one thousand to nine hundred and ninety nine in favor of changing the constitution, that's Wyoming's one vote in favor of changing it because the majority said change it. So now Wyoming can go in and say Wyoming agrees. So and I like that. I like giving you know one of the things that I really defended the Democrats on during this whole COVID thing was their assertion that the states had the right to make the decision of how they're handling. All of this. And I think that each state should have a say in, you know, amending the Constitution. Sure. And so, like, you know, I think what I'm looking at, I don't know if we'd have to completely amend it because it gives the states the I mean, really, the states have the power to change it as long as they keep the electoral votes going. I don't think that. Yeah. Like New York could vote to become more like New Hampshire or Maine. Yeah. Absolutely. They never would. Uh, No. But but they could. Any state could do that. They could. So anyways. I'd love to hear what you guys would think about that. Yeah, go feel free to poke some holes in our arguments and everything like that. But you know, it's, it, from time to time, instead of you know current events all the time and just pontificating on the latest thing that makes us mad, you know, one of the things the show intends on doing is just tackling issues and giving you most of the time a libertarian perspective, but other times just like okay, we're a reasonable compromise yep. since. I know that if you get 15 people in the room, you can never get all 15 to agree on anything anyway. So oh, yeah. you, it's all built on compromise. <laughs> so I would just, and my goal, like I said, is I want somebody who lives in Fulton County, New York, I want their vote to count as much as somebody who lives in Kings County or, you know, Rockland or places down there. You know, I want every, you know, because I want to see more voter turnout coming in because the thing is, is that if the number of people who didn't show up to vote in 2016, came out and to vote. There was like more people who stayed home than vote voted for Trump and Clinton combined. Yeah. I don't I think that sucks. It does. I really well, I, that was a rough election though. Well it was a rough election, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean it's like we have to beg people to come out to vote and all of these things where you've got, you know, people in, you know, Afghanistan risking getting shot just so that they could vote for the first time in their lives. You know, I mean you know, so anything that we could do, and but I, under the current system, I completely understand why people would just turn it off and say, "Screw this! I don't want any part of it." Because, yep. so, anyways, uh, Charlie's Angle seventeen seventy six at gmail dot com. If you want to uh, chime in and offer us some of your thoughts, 
Um, until next time, for Jeff Pitcher, I'm Charlie Crable. Have a good week.